As a Nick fan, would you rather um, make the Eastern Conference Finals this year and just make a good, solid run, come a little short of of making it to the championship, or would you rather have a new owner than James Dolan? Oh, I'd rather have a new owner than James Dolan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I figured you'd probably say yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's an easy one. That's long-lasting. That, would be, uh... <laughs> that man ain't going to sell the team. I think, be I think there'd be parades around Madison Square Garden if that happened. Yeah, yeah. You know, the the odd thing is, it's like hearing you talk about the Knicks is sort of like what a lot of people around me talk about the Cowboys. It's all, oh, it's yeah. like very it's similar fan bases, oh, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But everyone, this is one of the best podcasts on the planet that you can find on all your favorite podcast platforms. That's right. It's the Single Player Experience Podcast, the premier podcast for single player gamers to find about good single player games to play and introduce you to games you should have on your radar. As always, I'm your host, Sebastian Malden, and joining me today is two very special guests. I want one guest, you know, the other ones are a reoccurring guy. At this point, we're just going to call him the godfather of the podcast. That's right. It is Michael Toon Santiago. You've heard him from recent appearances where we talked about Starfield, the Steam Deck, all the above. Michael, how you doing today, brother? I'm good, Sebastian. Thank you for having me, man. Um, it's it's cool to be back in uh in a very unique way, um, very surprising and uh for me, um, being in in the gaming industry and and a, you know big fan of games, and now I'm almost like coming from like the other side of it and in terms of uh uh well I guess we'll 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 we'll, uh, we'll talk about in a few um, yeah for sure and uh yeah it's it's always good to be here and uh yeah can't wait to talk all right listeners if you're listening to the audio audio feed we got a, another special guest if you're watching on video you already know the other guest if you will is the sensational the career advising the magnificent the NBA fanatic Alan Silverberg is Silverberg, which is Silverberg. I like, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I kind of stumbled a little bit. Alan yeah, Silverberg. <laughs> How you doing today? I'm well, thanks. By the way, I stumble on my name, and it's my name. Man, um, <laughs> I had um, my family came over. Actually, my my father, God rest his soul, came over from the Ukraine, um, <laughs> and they had stubborn relatives uh when we came over from ellis island and most families would have changed to silverberg no no my stubborn relatives are enough silverberg um so everyone just calls me alan so uh yeah, alan's good i like that silverberg i like man. that that's a long answer for great so yeah i'm doing well no it's, it's it's all good it's all good alan michael thank you for being on the show before but um alan before we get right into it for the people who don't know you can you introduce yourself to the audience sure um I'm gonna go all the way back. I was uh, born and raised in the Bronx. Um, I was first generation college um, child of immigrants, you know, and I had a, a great deal of ambition and professional aspiration. And I was, you know, I, I thought I was smart as well, but I was also clueless <laughs> in terms of um, how to conduct myself in the business world. And I, uh, um, you know, started my professional career in accounting, um, and I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Um, and as I sort of moved on, I realized that as important as being good at my work, understanding how to navigate around um, employment situations and navigate around the business world 
was just as important. And I wanted to help people like myself who were smart and ambitious and clueless. Um, <laughs> and that led me to becoming a career coach. Um, I was a career coach now for the last 30 years. Um, I've coached, well, I, I didn't count, but I'm sure it's well over 10,000 people because I also Oof. did a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of it was also groups. You know, I did a lot of uh, leading classes as well. Um, and, and it's been an amazing experience. I've got to work with people in all industries, professions, um, and all types of career circumstances as well. Sometimes difficult, you know, um, you know, which means, you know, if you do it 30 years, you've gone through uh, financial depressions or financial uh, recessions in, in, a, in a major way. You've gone through a, a post-pandemic, uh, trying to get people jobs during those circumstances. It was some crazy stuff. Um, and for the last two years, although I just recently left the organization, I was working for a nonprofit that was headquartered in the Bronx. So for me, it was coming from no. and helping people who were starting their professional career by taking a, you know, IT boot camps, free IT boot camps. So it was real cool. Uh, it was great to be able to, uh, you know, connect to my Bronx roots. It's a wonderful thing. That's really cool. Uh, and so I'm uh, married for over 20 years to my lovely wife, Debbie, and we live in Rockland County, New York. Oh, shout out to Debbie. I hope you enjoy listening to this episode when it comes out. You know, I got to ask you, Alan, um, because one of the reasons we're, we're doing this episode of the show is because you created a magnificent, really cool game. And you, it's based on a lot, your area of expertise. Before we get into the game, though, I, I do want to ask this question. What is the weirdest career you that you coached um, someone into? Like, what was, what was their request where they said, I think I want to be blank? What was the weirdest, like, one of those you've ever gotten? Um... Why well, I, I coached someone who was a um um a, a, a mortician. Oh wow! So that was like, but she already was a mortician, so she mm -hmm. continued to get another job as a mortician. It was just cut to me, just kind of like an odd job, you know. It was like yeah, okay. but it, and I got to appreciate the compassion of it, um, more so than you know the, the on some level the gruesomeness of it. You mm -hmm. know, I sort of understood that. Um, one of the um, folks I worked with, it was the most, one of the more exciting searches was I worked with a guy named, also named Mike. Um, I'll leave it as last name because it's just not as relevant. Yeah, he for sure. He was a coffee trader, uh, worked for one of the top investment banks in the world. Um, you know, physically, as opposed to just tra trading the financials of coffee, he actually traded the physical coffee. So, uh, you know, the Starbucks, the General Mills of the world, he would deal with them and he would go all over the world um, to purchase the coffee as well. Um, but also did all the uh, financial hedging involved in that and made sure that uh, uh, he created the best income while, um, you know, for his firm as well as um, good, you know, deals for the individuals. So the way he described the breadth of what he did, even though he was working on his own, he was running this like full-fledged business as one person globally. Um, and from the breath wow. of what he understood, it was pretty amazing. He got downsized from that job because the organization said, okay, you know, the coffee market's soft. We don't want to be in this market. They're the market leader. Uh, mm -hmm. They said, we don't want to be out of it. Um, and his attitude was, well, they're coming out of this world because I don't, no one wants to be in it. So among the things we looked into was 
the energy industry, and this was during the deregulation of the energy industry. So we had to figure out how to reposition him, even though he had never worked a day in his life in the energy industry, but he understood trading and the energy world was moving into trading. And the thought process was, and the argument that he made, and you know, we worked on this together was, yes, I don't know anything about the energy industry, but I know everything about trading. I've built and run trading desks um, in all types of markets. And no one really knows the energy industry. It's just becoming deregulated now. So having experience in something that looked like, like oil and gas, who cares? The energy industry they were moving into didn't exist. So the experience didn't matter. Um, and really cool. right, you know, he, he landed two offers, um, for one to stand you're in Texas. So one of them was a Texas company, uh, called, uh, Enron. I think people have heard of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fortunately, fortunately he decided not to take that. Wow. Um, and he took a job, you know, fairly local to, uh, um, to where I'm in New York and, uh, in, uh, uh, Northern New Jersey of an organization called Suburban Propane. Okay. And he went on, he, he started there as an executive president, vice president and eventually became the CEO of the company. Man, that's really cool. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Great guy. Super great guy. Uh, the highest possible level of integrity. Man, that's really cool. It's And it's really cool you helped him pivot. And, and you've helped so many people pivot into different careers, which kind of brings me into the topic of the show, which is your game, Career Skyway, right? What it's a, uh, you know, you've created this, um, this game that can help people find, find what they're meant to do, find careers and also pivot if they're, they want to switch careers. Like what, how'd you come up with the idea for this game? Walk me through like the inception. Sure. Um, as I said, I've been a career coach for a long time. So mm -hmm. around 20 years in, um, a lot of what I was doing, you know, the basics of being a, of uh, advising people on job search matters, the basics are the same. Okay. For both the mortician and the, uh, you know, and Mike who went for you now to the energy world, um, the concept of teaching them and working with them to write their resume was the same. Teaching them how to network was the same. At the time, it wasn't LinkedIn, but teaching people how to use LinkedIn, all the same. You know, interview preparation, the same, conceptual. <laughs> so over time, I found myself saying the same things when I started with people over and over and over. <laughs> it got kind of boring. I still had to do it, but it also felt very inefficient. Like, you know, if I could just hit the button and hit play, I could save myself, you know, a couple hours. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't tend to do it that way, but, and so recognizing that, so well, I've got to be able to like somehow bottle this and package it. Um, and uh, there's tons of wonderful job search books. So the idea of writing a book was like, okay, yeah, it's been done. You know, yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna write one better that's been done. You know, it, it, there, there's wonderful books out there. The idea of maybe recording a video that people would listen to, eh, how many people are gonna stop and listen to a video, you know? so. It suddenly, like, I didn't, I was looking for the medium that would reach people. And how'd you land on video games? Like, are you, are you, were you a historical gamer? Do you have some relatives that, that played? Like, what was the, the light, like, the light bulb moment where you're like, that's it, that's the medium? Um, for, for me, it was the audience first. It wasn't the, uh, oh, okay. uh, it wasn't people. You know, so I thought, who really needed this information? 
Um, and whenever I came across, because uh, companies I worked for, we used to have um, um, classes where we specifically would bring in, you know, college students, you know, moving on and my friends, kids, you know, I would coach them as well. It was just, you know, it was just a thing to do. And all of them, very smart, uh, very ambitious, very quick. But the difference between those who were ready to succeed versus those that were not, was not their intelligence. It was how clear they were about what they wanted to do and how clear they, un they understood about how to get there. So the missing piece was the job search element. And then you start to hear news articles about people piling up all this college debt and, mm -hmm. and, and it's horrendous. But whenever I would hear the stories, I would hear it differently. I would hear it as the person went to school, didn't have a clear sense of what they wanted to do afterwards and subsequently didn't land in that role. So, you know, not that it was their fault, but the problem wasn't as much, I didn't see it as a debt problem. I saw it as a job search problem. So that just reinforced that I was on the right track. Mm -hmm. um, and so once I realized that the audience that I wanted to target was this younger audience, well then how am I gonna reach them? Yeah. Video games became the really, the, <laughs> then video became, became a no brainer. Like, okay, how will I be able to reach these people? Video games made sense to me. Oh, okay. Like, you know, like, I, I was just curious because, like, you know, like, I wondered if there was, like, someone who influenced you or helped you, like, helped you through the process of, of like, creating the game and such like that. Because, like, you know, like, it, to wake up and decide you want to do a video game is a huge, a huge aspiration and mountain to climb. How, what was the process like? Um, it's amazing how little I knew. <laughs> I understand all that. It really was like, as I think back, it's like, oh my god, it's incredible how little I knew. Um, and I, I was um, reckon like I so I'd reached out to people who were into gaming and said, mm -hmm. do you know anyone who could help me do this? Do you have any ideas of uh, how I'd go about this? As recommended to some people, um, you know, and the, the first person I, I, you know, one of the first people I spoke to ended up doing some development work on the game, and. I like she said well you need to have someone who does this like like to do the artwork she's like like don't you do that <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like don't you do that like and she's looking at me like I'm sure she would hang up the phone and go this guy's crazy yeah. and yet somehow she uh stuck with it and we uh um we built a team you know I, I built a team just by asking people that I knew um who were into gaming and I was fortunate enough to stumble upon some people um who not only understood gaming well, but some of them had transferable skills. We were all, so we were, um, when we started, you know, we started with a team of three people, then it became a team of five people, six people, um, and most of it grew organically. Um, Cause as we needed new people with new skill sets. So I started with someone who was a front end developer I needed to hire um, and someone else who understood, who could coach me on the gaming aspects of it. Well, that person knew a back-end development. Um, no, and then through an arts group that my wife's a part of, I met a graphic designer. And although none of them had worked in the gaming industry, they all had skills to be able to contribute to the development of the game. And what they didn't know, they were happy to learn. And 
no surprise, all of them were avid gamers. So they all had full, you know, we, myself included, we all had full-time jobs. You know, this was, for all of us, this was our side hustle. Um, and, you know, but this side hustle was the most fun. Because you know, as opposed to developing a database to store large amounts of data for a business, I got to work on a video game. You know, I, I didn't have to convince them to like, oh, this you'll enjoy this. He's telling me how much he's gonna enjoy it. Um, Alan, man, you created an indie studio. Like you created the indie <laughs> studio. <laughs> yeah, technically. Yeah. yeah. It's it's so it's so incredible looking back. Um and hearing Alan talk, I'm thinking, wow, it really does sound like an indie studio. <laughs> Like that. from the ground up and that alan uh took wow it's incredible it's incredible and so yeah right and like alan in the games industry like indies have been killing it lately um indie studios like super giant devolver digital um like just all sorts of indie studios where like indie games lately have been nominated and in some cases winning game of the year for like wow. in video games lately so i'm like it's, yeah but it's a it's even though like the game there's so many games coming out now um nowadays it's still an incredible feat to like create an indie studio from the ground up to to uh, like it's almost like creating your own branch of avengers and, and basically setting out to to do a like all do a certain goal it's like uh, you know like there's so many games that are coming out but there's like i've heard this quote like maybe four times in the last month when just interviewing people be like you'd be surprised like all these games you hear coming out there there are four times as many that never seen the light of day mm. and so it's a massive mm. accomplishment that you created a indie studio and also created a game that that's out you know that's officially released so yeah. i mean shout out to you and your team man that's a lot of hard work and i it really paid dividends yeah, one of the things that I'm proudest of is that, you know, the people who started on the team, mm -hmm. they're virtually all there. I mean, there's a couple of developers who um, just got too busy and they couldn't continue to contribute. But if we needed something specific from them tomorrow, they would be there. So everyone's still, you know, no one truly, you know, no one left <laughs> per se or went off in a huff. Uh, so it's been really, um, that's among the most rewarding things to me was uh i part of it is that um you know i built this team that i trust you know um you know, with great depth um because they carried the game that's really cool i have a question for you alan um sorry to interrupt there but like for the audience listening you know let's give them the general chance give them the the uh, i guess you could say the 10 word description or you know like give them the the, the marketing push what is this game like can you tell, tell ball about it oh man you know um mark twain once said you know if you give me two hours to talk about a topic no problem yeah Five minutes, that's really hard yeah for sure uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go beyond I'll, I'll start with the 10 words but i'll go beyond that as, as oh yeah need. for sure okay um so the 10 words it's a comprehensive career search game starting from um a thorough assessment tool which leads to concrete 10 concrete career choices and ultimately walking through the entire job search process from writing a resume linkedin profile all the job search strategies how to network effectively uh interviewing from but a theoretical um and and detailed questions and point to ultimately get the person to you know which gives them all the tools they need to land the job 
there's a tremendous amount of downloadable content. Um, but people often, when they're committed to a job search, as opposed to focusing on the downloadable content, they'll just replay parts of the game because you, you could also play again. So, so for the audience um, listening and watching, can you break it down? Like, how do you play the game? Do you do you play it on PC? Do you play it on console? Like, how do you play the game? And give us a little bit about like the functionality of the game. Like, what's the the gameplay loop like? Okay, yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's played online. It's an online game. It's available through careerskyway.com is where you could get be able to get access to the game and uh the player it's you know the, the player is there uh it, it's there um there's advisors and characters that are coming throughout the game as they're advancing through the game and as of course as they're advancing they're getting rewards they're getting badges all of which are earned by mastering certain job search topics oh that's really cool yeah so it's a um you know and and that's allowing them to so as they're progressing along the game they're progressing along the journey along the career skyway to their final destination so this, so, so a parallel story going on you know to the job search progress okay that's really cool um i have a question when you have like when you have this game that teaches you how to do like different job searches and resumes and such like that, does it tell you like does it grade a resume or does it just instruct you on how the resume is constructed? Like how does it give does it provide like a feedback based on the resume you write? It's not interactive in terms of your resume, okay. Um, but it does walk the per walk any player step by step through. This is how you write a resume, and this is why you're doing it as well. And there's also two sample resumes there that you could download oh okay so well, it through it step by step you know each section you know what's in the section and why it's there as well so it's applicable that people could you know if they take it in they could say okay now i know what i'm going to do for, for me and it's also done in a way that it makes it clear that okay this is a guideline it's not rigid you know the the overriding you know there are certain overriding rules of a resume and i'm putting those out there first of no, this is a sales brochure. You're writing it for an audience based upon what you want to do. And whatever is most relevant to that is most important. So it empowers the player when they're actually writing their resume to be able to make decisions to say, wait a minute, I didn't follow exactly like what they did in the game. No, no, no. If I follow the rule of doing what's most important, I am following the game. So it doesn't, you know, because I've read too much instructions that lead people to paralysis. Because they feel like they have to follow things like like step by step to the T. Yeah, it's really the resume writing really doesn't work that way. So, so when you got the idea to create this game, like, what was it like? Oh man, I'm getting right on it. Or did you like do do some research? And when um when you were you know in the inception process of the game, like, did you hit that wall where you said, oh wow, this is game development? Um. I hit the wall before I started. Oh, okay. Because I understood conceptually, no coding, but I understood conceptually what a lot of the sections of the, of the game could look like. Because mm -hmm. um, I understood, I taught enough job search to say, okay, these are the kinds of messages that I would want. You know, here's what it would look like. I didn't have detail, but I didn't think I needed it at the moment. Um, the piece that I couldn't figure out was how to get the 
if people don't have a clear goal of what they want to do, the rest of it becomes meaningless. Yeah. And I couldn't figure out conceptually how I could program that. Um, and I shared that, you know, I shared my idea and that concern with a colleague. Um, and she said, oh, I know what you could do. I'm like, okay. Um, and she introduced me, um, my colleague Katie, I'll give her at least a, uh, say her name and give her some, 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 some prompts. Um, she introduced me to the organization that's a derivative of the, the uh, landmark book, What Color Is Your Parachute? Okay. So the people who run eParachute, which is the online version of What Color Is Your Parachute? Well, they've got an assessment tool that they've been using for over 50 years. No, and they stole it you know, with permission um, from Dr. Holland and their Holland code, which is used by millions of people. Um, mm -hmm. And their tool with uh, uh, the Holland code assessment, as well as some established groups of skills and fields, now has been used as an assessment tool for by you know millions of people who've read and you know, read that book. And they have a tool that connects to the ONET, which is the national standard of job titles uh, run by the Bureau of Labor Statistics. So they, she introduced me to them and they loved the idea of like, okay, you're going to gamify what we do. Great. You know, it, it, their buy-in was like, you know, as long as you stay true to our, um, you know, our values. Great. So, and, and of course I did because I, you know, I wouldn't you know, I have too much respect for what they've built not to do that. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And so I couldn't have, I, I, I'd still be here thinking about it if, uh, uh, versus having a game now, if that was the case. So what was the, the beta, um, and testing process like for creating a game like this, a career based game, you know, like, did you have a lot of people that you kind of like say, Hey man, can you play this game for a little bit? Or what was that process like? Mike was among them. Yeah. We have a bunch, Mike, Mike and some, <laughs> Uh, some of his relatives as well, or, or a bunch of those people, um, and appropriately, they uh, um, you know gave it some very uh, uh, some tough feedback, and I had others who gave it even tougher feedback. Um, the part that was that I learned the most um, was even though because because I was comparing now what I would teach people this kind of information in a, in a class it would take me around ten hours. Play the game. You could finish it in around an hour. Oh, okay. So, that's pretty cool, right? That's pretty. Yeah. You could, you know, that that's relatively fast. Time after time, the feedback that I got was, "It's moving too slowly." <laughs> and I like because the person doing it didn't you know their comparison wasn't to my two you know two day class. Their comparison uh -huh. was to playing other games. So yeah. It, forced me to continually say okay i'm not going to compromise on my message mm -hmm. um because i wasn't going to make the job search instruction weaker i i couldn't that i might as well not do it if that was the case but i had to find ways to do that with less words less slides just you no know, just less um and i continually did that you know and just kept on streamlining it and then as we streamlined it we also found ways to make it you know more and more engaging by adding different game elements um you know besides just you know the quizzes adding more characters more features just to sort of uh continually to uh engage the audience more you know? and now it's gotten to the point that the characters are engaging enough that even the parts that 
historically people have said, oh, that's long. No, I'm playing it now with high school students and they go, oh, this is great. Okay, because the characters work. So it was really about um, streamlining it, speeding it up and adding, continually to add more characters and features to keep people engaged. So with uh, the teenagers that, that played the game, what was, um, you know, like, what was their initial feedback? Was it the, the slowness uh, that was originally there? Was it the resonation of the characters like you were mentioning earlier? What was that feedback process like for you? Yeah, it was originally the, the slowness was the um, the biggest negative feedback. They liked the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, they really loved the animation. They liked the music. Um, but the reason it felt slow is that they felt like it was mostly just dialogue moving. Ah, uh, gotcha. So, so it, the idea of adding more and more features to the game made sense. And when Mike joined the team, one of his major contributions was to create a more cohesive story from beginning to end. Now, he really defined that, helped us define that element of it. Um, and that keeps the players engaged as well. Yeah, sound like Mike had some sage wisdom on that on that front. <laughs> he did. He did. It's a uh, thirty plus years of gaming. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's my resume right there. Mike, uh, what's your favorite stories in games? Uh, I, man, I love, 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 love um, quests and side quests. Right now, Star, right now, Starfield is killing it for me, man. Oh man, but uh, it's like your nighttime bedtime story right now yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah yeah so alan um i i'm so curious um like you came up with this idea how long ago um i started thinking about it probably 20 years ago but uh um i started i started working on it for the last five years okay so it's been um a five-year journey like what so that you talked about some of the hurdles of that journey and some of the the initial feedback, the betaing and all that. What is that? What's it like to know that the five year journey has come down to this where like you you've released the game? What does that feel? I'm not even sure it's real. <laughs> I'm not even sure it's real. You know, it's like okay, it, it it's like huh. I guess this is actually happening now. Um, yeah, it's it, it's a bit unreal. Man, so, so well, how are you going to celebrate? You got to do something to celebrate. Um, yeah, the uh, my wife and I are going to have a you know probably just a you know, a quiet dinner at home. You know, I, most will drink champagne. I'll drink a really good beer. You know, and okay. I'll cook a, a nicer dinner. Okay, so you're not gonna do you're not gonna do like the pop method, you know, like some steak and um, steak and maybe some champagne or maybe some steak um, and wine. My wife's a a, a pescatarian. Okay. Um, so fish and vegetables only. Okay. Um, I often say she's a pescatarian, which means she's been a Joe Pesci, but I'll <laughs> um, and I'll, I, I like to cook, so I'll uh, um, I would think of uh, shrimp jambalaya, which was probably where I was going. I like uh, that. And for me, a great beer is better than champagne. I like that. What's the the beer choice there? Um, I'm very partial to Samuel Smith. Okay. Um, you know all of their beers. Um, small brewery in England, over 250 <clears throat> years old, still brewed the same way. Um, they've got an. I'm a, a stout drinker primarily, so then and they have an organic chocolate stout, which is pretty amazing. 
All right, so I, I to pivot back to the game here. I I'm so curious about this. I like because I can uh, talk about another half a dozen beers. So I'll, oh man, I like I'm I'm all down for it. I'm all down for it. I you know I just do. I just didn't want to to get too far into the weeds yet because like we got we got an ending show that that's designated to get off the weeds and I'm like I'm excited for that but like to keep the focus on the the topic of the show for a little bit I really like the premise of this game I think it's going to be helpful for a lot of people I uh, one of the reasons why I was so excited to get you on the show is to spread the message about this game because I do think this is something that is needed um and uh, speaking as someone you know like who's been in communities that had like you know not a lot of resources available to to get with job help job help and such as that i mm. want to give you your flowers you created something really special i do want to ask a question though like this is uh this is a five-year journey what's next like are you going to continue to upgrade and work on the game are you going to what's next for you what are you going to pivot to well i want to you know as the game is just getting out there mm-hmm. you know i want to see what the feedback is and if it makes sense, you know, continually to listen and make improvements. Um, you know, I'm doing a pilot now, as I said, with a, a high school class. They've given me some feedback that's been incorporated. I mean, it's been a line or two, but that's now in the game. Um, because as I hear it from their voices, I realize that things I might be taking for granted, like, oh, let me add those words so they understand it. Let me connect the dots for them. Um, so that piece is cool. Um, I'll likely start with some additional downloadable content outside of the game, but that's going to be based upon the feedback that people who are playing it provide to me. And then as it makes sense, you know, certainly if there's um, items that need to be added to the game, more than happy to do that. But uh, um, I'm not a game developer. I'm encouraged <laughs> to develop the game. So, uh, you know, I, I'm not suddenly going to have an area of expertise to develop another game. You know, it's a, um, now you talked about this being an indie studio. I'm like, no, this is a team that I'm <laughs> thrilled to be leading. Um, but I don't think of us as an indie studio that way because, you know, I'm not thinking about the next game. <laughs> uh, hey, I, you, I, you, I, you never that, know alan that, that dinner and, and, and that beer though i got that part figured out yeah, yeah for sure for sure hypothetically speaking if you, if you were to create another game based on a career that you've coached you know like what job do you think would make a fun game what job would make a fun game um yeah based on based on you based on all the careers that you've you've coached through what is there a certain job that you think would make a fun game because recently i went to the event like um pax west and there was a game that i played called sky the scraper where the whole premise of the game was like you were a skyscraping cleaning uh cleaning man and you tried to last as long as you can with birds and all this kind of stuff like knocking you knocking you down and such <laughs> a thing when you got knocked down you would have to take like some days to recover the whole uh like you can also boost your stamina you can boost your endurance and all that kind of stuff so it got me it, you know like when you were talking about like careers i was just like what other careers would make a video would make a good video game i'm curious yeah um i've heard of that game and i've heard of like people were working on farms as games as well mm-hmm. and i'm and i honestly i'm going like okay i get how it would be relaxing or at times kind of a you know sort of distracting and then fun for that reason i'm going like okay i don't think i'd want to spend hours farming like not really farming you know just yeah. like, just 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 fake farming um you'd be surprised it's a huge yeah. market <laughs> like i know yeah. well, i'm like 
Damn. You get even truck there. driving. There's a truck driving simulator. Truck driving simulator. Well, car wash simulator. Car simulators make sense to me. That's kind of fun. Um, you know, top of mind, um, the person I was describing earlier, uh, Mike, he had a fascinating job because it was he had multiple elements to it. You know? mm -hmm. He was working in finance and he had to work through financial strategies. Um, he was dealing in a large corporation and he had to help navigate the politics of a large corporation. In addition to that, he was going out to far-flung pieces of the world and buying coffee. So he was negotiating with farmers you know, and buying coffee. And then he had to sell it to people at other major corporations in a way that it worked for them because he wanted them to be an ongoing customer. Um, plus also made money for us, you know. So it's a multifaceted game, multifaceted job. And he was one person doing it. So I think that would lend itself to a game. I think that's what, that, that is, that'd be yeah, interesting. Absolutely. Problems. I could see it in the studio doing something like that. That is so cool. Yeah, when you first described it, it, it started Mike's to sound story. like mafia. I might have to get Mike's permission. So. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Maybe yeah. so. Based, based <laughs> on a Mike's story, even if I don't have what to, you put you know, in there. I don't respect for him. I'd want to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really cool. That's really cool. So, uh, like, Career Skyway, like, how long, you know, you said you got some feedback um, when people were, when it was around an hour that it was feeling a little slow. How, how long does it take to for the average gamer to, to go through it now? It, it probably still takes around you know 30 to 30 minutes to an hour okay and, and but what we also did was uh we made sure that people could stop and start at any point and by making the game more engaging you know that also helped what i also have been realizing is that you know when i was having people test the game it was more hey can you do me a favor can you test the game yeah or i have a um you know friends who were teaching a class have their students test the game the distinction that's becoming clearer to me is for those people who really value what the game is providing, it's not too long to them. They're excited to learn it. They're soaking it up. They're excited to get that information. Uh, for those that are not, they're simply clicking through and it's not as exciting to them because it's not as valuable to them. Yeah, this seems like it'd be an ideal game for people who are trying to figure out their careers and also trying to pivot careers as well. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I think that's you're, you're hitting upon some of the, the key audiences. Um, it starts with people who are, you know, as early as, let's say, seniors in high school thinking about, OK, what should I do after high school? Should I go to college? What you know, should I major in? Um, no, I've had someone reached out to me and said, I, my son needs this now because um, he's going through that right now. I mean, that's that's the response that I got. Yeah. People in college who are, you know, maybe a year or two in, they may even have a major, but they still haven't figured, okay, where is this major going to lead me to professionally? And it's also people who either uh, don't finish college or drop out of college or, uh, or, or graduate from college. And then they're going, okay. What's next? I graduated, you know? but I don't know what I want to do, or I'm doing something, and it's like doesn't feel like a career. So it it, it fits those people as well, um, you know, and it fits them not just to figure out what they want to do, but I don't understand why I'm sending out my resume, I'm not getting a response, okay? 
and then if they wanted to like get someone to rewrite their resume it cost them several hundred dollars oh yeah you, you ain't lying this is not a, um you know this is public information so you know we're, we're pricing the game at 39.99 you know so it's like versus several hundred dollars i'm like okay this is a, this is a bargain well, yeah they hired someone like me as a career coach that would be a hundred to two hundred dollars an hour oh wow and that's you know that's what i earn and I'm, I'm, you know that's what career coaches earn that's a that's a typical number um and to do what the game does would take hours it wouldn't be an hour it would be you know it'd be four five six hours you know they might i'd actually write the person's resume with them so they'd get a little bit more but you know do the math that's a hell of a lot more than 39.99 oh yeah um, for sure so my goal was okay this is this is crazy that the world can't get this information as starting point so so just to clarify it, huh? j- i'm sorry to interrupt just to clarify it's um a, just a flat fee of 39.99 it's not like a monthly fee of 39 nope, nope. right no no okay monthly. yeah gotcha sorry sorry to interrupt there that's I'm just, a, well you know, and, and from my, you know as i've researched that's like a little bit high for online games but from my perspective it, does, it's a, it has a lot more value than you know although it's fun than someone doing oh uh, you know being a windshield wiper, you know? <laughs> 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 so, so a window wiper. It's, it's a hard job. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, yeah. Now, and it also goes on to all the interview preparation. Um, you know, I, uh, this woman Brittany played the game. You know, that taught her how to interview. She said, no, that's really cool. jobs if that happened. It was just an amazing thing, you know. So, uh, yeah, it's really uh, it teaches that piece. Uh, um, someone named Adam played the game, and his you know, resume went from. Like, like all over the place this thing was focused and he started you know he started getting interviews after that so it has real impact that people could do this on their own and I, I, every element of the job search i know there's um a time and a place for everything and, and timing for everyone's journey in life but i almost wish you made this like earlier you know when i was in college especially around that first or second year i was I'll, I'll be honest with you alan i was in, i was a kid who was just doing doing the college thing taking some kinesiology classes to make sure that gpa stayed up gotcha yeah and by the way you're far from the first i've heard that so many times as people start to get exposed to the game they say, wow, this this should have been in my classroom. Oh, yeah. I've had people say, oh, this should be in every career education classroom in the country. Oh, yeah. I think career prep, yeah, career prep is like one of those things to where I'm like, I wish we had more resources like that when, back when I was in college and especially in high school. Because like, yeah, I wasted a, I, a lot of time just trying to figure out like what I was going to do or like what career path to go on. And it's like, yeah, that would have been like if this would have been like a class instead of like and no offense to like english or history or anything like that but i almost feel like depending on what you're going to school for like this could be more value to you than like history can uh, like geology especially unless you're going to study like and actually be out there studying rocks and right. you know in the oil field geology has not helped me any i'm gonna be honest like <laughs> like i probably could have used this a little more than geology by the way geology is a pretty cool career to turn into a game i've matched uh, you know, you know, it probably would be at that point, but like, you know, you'd be a farming expert probably, and you know, like know where the soil is, know where to like drill and drill for oil and all that kind of stuff. It'd probably be a cool video game. It hasn't helped Sebastian out in life yet, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this is, this is such critical skills that is very much not understood. People don't have exposure to what, what all the career possibilities are. Um, the game links to, as I said, something called the ONET, 
The ONET has a, a little over 900 job titles. Oh, wow. So as opposed to, you know, I see posts on social media, like I want to, you know, I want to earn this much money and work from home. What should I do? It's like, well, no, asking random people is not going to get you an answer. It might, you'd have to get really lucky that the random, <laughs> that the random person happens to know something that you would want to do because yeah. that's all the information they're giving you. So, so this is based upon, um, much more scientific of, you know, what are you good at? What do you enjoy? Um, you know, and within that ranking them to then getting to some specific careers and the answer isn't, okay, go do this. The answer is here's 10 choices. Go explore them. Mike, did you know what you wanted to do growing up? Uh, absolutely not. I was, I was all over the place. Um, I went to college. I was the first one in my family to go to college and, uh, I ended up with a philosophy degree and um as much as I loved it. As much as I loved it, I'm just like you, Sebastian. I wish Alan's game was around. Um, it would have given me more structure, you know, and like what I want to do with my life. Um because I had no idea I was gonna be in medicine, you know. Um I I work as a nurse now in the emergency department. And uh in college, the only science I took was like you said, geology. And I took me mechanical 105. I remember talking about batteries and stuff like that. That was the, my only science because I was afraid in, in college. I was afraid of science. I didn't think it was for me. I was, you know, I, all my, you know, my friends would, would, would have nightmares about organic chemistry and biology and how difficult it is. And I didn't want anything to do with it. And, uh, and yeah, I had no guidance like that. And, and I really wish I had something like Alan's game to really help me figure out what I'm good at, what I would, you know, be good, you know, able to do. And uh, yeah, so you never know. Um, you know, I, th this country definitely needs something like Alan's game yeah. to really, really help with, um, with the, you know, young people out there that don't know what they want to do in life and don't have the resources to figure it out like I did. And, you know, I feel like, a lot of people did uh, growing up, so. And you guys raised some great points. You know, the our makeup has changed. You know, as a nation. You know. Um, you know, if you go back 30, 40 years, if you had a college degree, you were going to be fine. There was not enough people with college degrees and jobs that demanded or, or, or preferred college degrees that you didn't have to be focused. You know, the world needed you and you could stumble upon different careers and find your way. Suddenly, the world got to, our nation got to a point where lots of people were getting college degrees and there weren't the same. Then it became, okay, well, it's nice that you have a degree, but do you have a degree in finance or in marketing? And someone's like, oh, you mean you just won't train me in that? Um, so suddenly the specialization became that much more important and yet the people who were going for education didn't have that insight as they were going through it. And all likelihood, the people around them, including like wonderful parents, didn't have that insight because those weren't the requirements when they went to school. No. So even if someone was second generation college, um, the people who were first generation college, they were much better off. So the, the, the demand shifted so that 
that level of understanding what you know specializing in what you want to do and doing something that you're skilled in and passionate about that need you know it's always been a good thing but you didn't have to figure it out you know, until the last 20 30 years or so you know, yeah, I remember like growing up or you could just see it in like old movies and TV shows. Everything was about like, uh, oh, just go to college, get your degree. It wouldn't say what kind of degree. It would just say go to college. Uh, and that's how it was. You would just get your degree and it kind of like solidifies you are going to have at least a, a, you know, successful career or, you know, establish yourself. Um and it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't specific until I feel like more recent. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, this, you know, this, this should be like a prerequisite to, to either take like a course like this or play a game like this in, in high school rather than like calculus and geometry. Cause I'm like, outside of some of those things, a lot of people aren't using that. I've, I've been living on this earth probably what 32 years and still haven't used the Pythagorean theorem. I'm sorry. I just haven't used it in my <laughs> life, you know? <laughs> You know, I I don't need to know there's the the like how what was what was C or anything like that in my regular life, <laughs> or nor do I need to know the 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 length of the triangles, the C axis or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, this would have helped out though. This would have made gave me some direction. I would have mm -hmm. instead of wasting my time thinking I was going to be like ludicrous or Power Ranger or you know like uh, one day become a Super Saiyan, but like I would have had some direction and had like some thought process and and it said like, oh okay, I was meant to do this, you know. And a plan, and like that, beyond just like gaining that direction, mm. you know, you'll be able to develop the tools and a plan of how to get there. Yeah, that, that's so vital. That yeah. is so vital. Before uh, before Alan's game, I didn't really know what LinkedIn was like that. Um, I knew about resume because you know you hear about that. And, um, they sprinkle that into your education a little bit. Uh, it's something you're gonna need when you get out of college and try to find a job. You got to bring a resume with you. But what's great about Alan's job is that it gives you all the tools you need to actually succeed in a career. Not just not just picking a career, but also how to um, talk in a how to uh, conduct yourself in an interview, um, how to create and build your resume, and also LinkedIn, which is kind of like a way to to get the word out of like who you are and and. Um, and uh, things things that you're you're into and how do you could connect with the world, um, and 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 in, ter in terms of your, your uh, career as well. And as I as we went through that instruction, what I was conscious to do, um, having seen this over and over as a career coach, people would say certain things that they thought were correct and weren't. So because I was, the game was going through role-playing in itself, I was able to give some instruction to say, no, you think this is right, that creates a problem, stop there. So, like like in, in the networking section, it talks about um, if, when someone asks, directly asks for a job, how much that derails the conversation. Well, you only know that because you can read the person's mind who the, who the networker is talking to. You can't oh. do that. <laughs> They so, tell you what's going on. They said, no. Suddenly she lost interest. What happened? Well, this is what happened. Um, when they say this in an, in an interview, oh, that doesn't work. No, that doesn't work. So not only do I, not only does it give instruction, the, the way the game lays out, it allows people to, I'm anticipating typical mistakes 
and making sure the game illustrates those points to say, oh, I would have done it that way too. So, so it, it gave me a, like a role-playing vehicle that was like, oh, I wish I, like, I wish I had that um, before people made those mistakes. Now mm -hmm. I have. Oh, that's so cool. That is so cool. Um, Career Skyway, you know, you said it's been in development for five years and that, and it's had an incredible like feed. Uh, it's had incredible feedback and really constructive feedback from the people around you. Like, what, like, what is it going to be like for you when more people jump onto this game? Like, how's the excitement going to grow for you? Um, I, as I'm starting to deal with more people now who are wanting the game, um, it's very satisfying to know that. Now, the mission of the game now, it is very much within my reach of being able to reach people, um, being able to give them valuable information that, God willing, they put to use. Um, <laughs> and, that, and that's the key piece to it. Um, now, people won't land the job by playing the game. No, but putting the work in but from the learning processes that exactly. you get from the game is, is yeah, where, it, the, where it comes in. It's the in. work afterwards that, that really gets them there. Um, but people are generally excited and appreciative of what they're learning, which gives me hope that they're going to put the work in afterwards. So, Alan, um, let me ask you this question then, um, a follow-up to my last one. Like, do you think, like, based if the positive feedback that you get, like, the success stories that you get from this job, do you feel like it's going to make you feel, um, like, glee in a different way than your normal career of being a career coach or do you feel like it's so comparable that you're probably going to feel that same thing like i imagine when you have like success stories and, and like when you're coaching and such like that like you always get that satisfaction but i'm like do you think it's going to hit different with the game i don't know it's a great question um i don't think it's going to be different um and it's something you know i am truly blessed that i've had this you know over and over um you know that because my life was helping people land a new job and then saying thank you and often i you know wouldn't see them again but i know that that person would likely remember me because i helped them in an important point mm -hmm. um i you know on linkedin i'm connected to thousands of people and i saw you know someone i'd worked with um had just gotten a promotion and i you know pinged him and said congrats yeah um, you know, and he wrote back, he said, you know, no, for, I'll be forever thankful to you. That's sweet. I'm like, I worked with this guy in 15 years ago. I was like, damn. No. It so, was a kickstart though. Yeah, it was, yeah, but it was, yeah, I was at, well, yeah, he landed a new job that was great and got out of a bad situation. Um, That's awesome. At the time he was working for someone who we mentioned earlier. I, I won't go further, but <laughs> we did actually mention him earlier. So just so you know. That's funny that's funny alan i i'm gonna have the link to the in the description below but for, just for the final rundown for the game sure. it's career career skyway it's an educational video game that provides comprehensive job search guidance everyone uh, from choosing career path writing resume and interviewing to land a job plus more this game is available on the website listed um career sky career skyway skyway.com you can um Play all that for $39.99, and the link will be in the description below. Did I get all that right? You got it all right, and let me just add that there's a tremendous amount of downloadable content. Okay. Plus the ability to continue to play it again, 
because that's what's going to lead to people's success. Now, the, the goal is to the goal isn't to do a great job playing the game. The goal is to use the information to move your career in the direction that you want. And so it's really, you know, it's about, you know, then using what you've learned. All right, everyone, definitely go check that out. Alan, stay right there. Michael, stay right there because we are getting into the deep waters now because, like, I, I thank y'all for, for being bearing with me and talking about this amazing game, but it is time now to test your metal. It is time to test your might. It is time for you to embark on a journey like none other before. My, Alan, this is your first time. Mike's already smiling because he knows this is about to come. It is time for the hardest test of your life. It is the pro nerd trivia portion of our show where we ask our guests five questions based on five different categories. Well, we have two guests today, and you have already know how this is. We've had multiple developers on the show before. We're going to let them tag team. We're going to let them talk yes. amongst themselves and see if both of them can combine their, combine their might, their mental fortitude, to answer all five questions correct alan are you ready to go no but mike is so i'm good <laughs> okay okay all right yeah i was born ready let's go there you go i like this i like okay, the I'm confidence. Ready. okay yeah there you go i like the confidence let's see if it's been misplaced <laughs> here, <laughs> here we go and our first category is in the realm of first generation pokemon first generation oh pokemon we shall see how this goes all right so the first generation of pokemon is composed of 151 pokemon from all the way from the very beginning which was bulbasaur all the way to the final 151 pokemon which was a clone of a famous pokemon which Pokemon was the clone of a famous Pokemon known to be the antagonist in the first Pokemon movie? That'll be uh, Mewtwo. He's absolutely correct. He's got the first one. He's drawn first blood, everyone. Yeah. He's drawn first blood. Alan, uh, I, I had a figure, you know, I figured you knew that, but I wanted to just like jump in. No, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I, I knew who to bring with me. Okay, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the. I like the confidence here early on. We shall see if it carries on throughout the, the journey here. All right, our next category is in the realm of Star Wars. Star mm. Wars. Okay. So, who was the character that built C-3PO? Who was the character that built C-3PO? Uh, Alan, do you know this one? You can talk so much yourself. I Who don't. was the character in Star Wars that built C-3PO? This one I know, but it's like a, it's like a, I wouldn't say it's a trick question, but it's kind of like you have to uh, be paying attention, I guess. Mm -hmm. It's in the prequels. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm going to say Anakin Skywalker. Anakin Skywalker is absolutely correct. It is absolutely correct. Who is this Darth Vader, Alan? Oh, God. Darth this Vader man. created C-3PO, which is, uh, yeah. you know, it's kind of like, the plot thickens. kind of crazy to think about actually <laughs> the plot thickens all right so i like the i like the momentum here that you are two for two our next category is in the realm of dc in the realm of dc all right so um alan how comfortable are you with the the category of dc um i'm more comfortable with marvel than dc 
Okay. 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 We'll see if Marvel pops up later on. Uh, I would say the same, actually. I'm. Yeah. I would say the same. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So. In the movie Man of Steel, who played the lead antagonist? What was the name of the lead antagonist in Man of Steel that wanted to conquer Earth? In Man of Steel, what was the name of the antagonist that wanted to conquer Earth? He had like a weird name. I want to say like Zod or something like that. Set your final answer. Uh, Alan, do you know? No, that was Clavel. Was uh, was that Man of Steel? Was that Clavel played off? Yeah, Henry Ca- Henry Cavill. Uh, yeah. Cavill, yeah. Okay. I know the face. Yeah. I'm gonna say Zod. Zod is absolutely correct. He is wow. Three. For three. He is three <laughs> for three. Wow. We're doing really well, Mike. We're doing yeah. really well. Here we. They all call him the Godfather for nothing. Yeah. Here we go, Alan. The Hall of Fame status. Here we go. All right, we are getting into what I like to call the deep waters here. All right, so our next category is in the realm of action movies. Action movies. Have you ever had this category before, Michael? No. Okay, okay. We shall see. All right. In the category of action movies, which film was Leonardo DiCaprio's first and only Oscar for Best Actor? Which movie won Leonardo DiCaprio's first and only Oscar for Best Actor in the Oh, this is... I, I know this. This is a movie where he was, like, in the woods? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't see it because it looked kind of gross. Oh, um, I love... That was a good movie. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is it, it sounds Revenant? like... Is that the name of it? Yeah, there you go. What, what was the... What, the you Revenant. Say? That's absolutely correct. You are four <laughs> of four. You are four. Alan, let's go. Four of four. So our last category. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. We're so close. Here we go. Here we go. Our last category is in whew, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. The Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Alan, you got a look on your face. This is a look of confidence. No, no, it is not a look of confidence. It's, a, it's a, a look like I wish my wife was here because she knows Harry Potter and I don't look. Oh, oh no. Uh, all right, Michael, I think you are an expert in this category, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I would not say an expert, uh, uh-huh. um, even though the books are like right there. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> I would, yeah, I, I love Harry Potter. I would not say I'm an expert, but all I, right. you know, we'll see. We'll see. All right, so here we go. What is the name of the second oldest, the second oldest, the second oldest member of the Weasley family? What is the name of the second oldest member of the Weasley family? And by, I want to clarify this. We're actually talking about like the the children. We're not talking about like the actual adults here. So. so like not so like the because there's like older older ones like the one that no like, we're not talking about these dragons is what i'm okay. saying we're not talking about the parents we're t- we're only talking about like the descendants okay so you got you got the twins and you got uh, yeah okay okay yes yeah. what is the name of the second oldest member of the weasley family the second oldest descendant i should say right. okay um 
want to say because because Alan, this is where I know that it's the twins. So you have the twins, mm-hmm. uh, Fred and George. Okay. And so it's one or the other, and then you have um, so has to, so the second oldest that has to be one of it has to be one of them because one came out first and versus the other, right? Um, is anyone older than the twins? Or the twins they, they are, but I don't think Sebastian is mentioning them because they're kind of no. like off off the book, right? No, they're no, like... no, they're a part of the books. So what I'm saying is like, <clears throat> what is the name of the? Uh, what is the name? Oh, so they can't. So born. they can't. The second so born. Are... Oh, yes, boy. the oh, second boy. born. So that's before the twins. Then. So, yeah. that, so that well, might, so that might be before the twins, but it might be. But like, what I'm saying um... is like, what is the name of the second born? kid from the weasley family right. and the weasley family meaning molly and her husband right so they had um they had Char- they had one named i think like charlie or something like that um so they had one alan they had one that like he was much older and so he was already an adult Kind of. Okay. So he's already, he has a job. He's like working. Gotcha. He's, uh, he's out of the house, right? He's out of the house. Yeah, okay. Then you might have even another one. But that one I can't even think of. So I'm But th- you can think of Charlie. Is Charlie older than the twins? Yeah, yeah. Because he's out of the house already. The twins are in school right. along with Harry and stuff like gotcha. that. Gotcha. So yeah. to give you a hint, uh, I will tell you their occupation. Their occupation. This may or may not help. Like, so, um, one no. one is one is with dragons. One is like like studying dragons, and then, oh, and then one of them. Oh, okay, one of them is studying dragons, and then one is, uh, uh, a um, like a RA kind of like, in the in the school, and he's kind of like. One goes on. One was a RA that goes on to be the um, Ministry of Magic. Ministry of Magic. Yes, um, almost like the Secretary of Defense, so to right. speak. So, so I think know. he is the second born. Because so you had I... that one, and then you had another one that was a curse breaker for Green Gods. Oh, two, man, then two that ran the jerk. Two that ran the joke shop. One that became a aura. Uh, or like and then another one that i believe became a um a quidditch star oh wow six in total i want no no hold on one five seven seven in total yes right seven okay so let's see you have the twins that's two Mm -hmm. then you have ron that's three and then his sister that's four Okay. Then you have the R the RA kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess you have two out of the house. You have Char Charlie studying dragons, and I guess there's another one. Depend uh, on what what's depend on the book. You like technically you have like three to four. I mean, well, depend on the book. You have five out of the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, now now I'm all lost. Ali, you wanna go well, out you, something? Based upon what you're saying, Mike. Because yeah. I'm, you know, I'm just listening to you. The name that you said that you felt comfortable about was Charlie, and you were comfortable that he was among the oldest, but not the oldest. So whether it's right or not, Charlie's your best guess. So you have 
you have Charlie, you have the. the you one... have... What's up? No, I was going to say the ones that I've said out loud is Charlie, Fred, George. And then yeah, I think well, Sebastian, of... you said you're going to give us a hint of what the person's profession is. So oh, is I'm, I'm going to tell you all, all, there's different professions. So you have. I'm a, I can help you out with the names as well. So you had Bill, he's a curse breaker. He is a curse breaker. Charlie is the one who did the dragons. Percy goes on to do the administrative work for the ministry. Fred and George run a joke shop. Ron, I believe, um, was an aura with Harry at, at the end of it. And then George and Guinea, his wife, was, um, I believe, a Quidditch star turned journalist, perhaps? I can't remember right. Cursed Child. So the well. second born, right? Uh-huh. So you have Bill. Uh, which one does the dragons? Charlie, right? Yeah, so you have Percy, Bill, Charlie, Fred, George, Ron, Guinea. So it's either Bill or Charlie. It has to be. Those are the two oldest. Um, they're already, like, out of the house. Uh, and they're older than Percy? Per yeah, Percy's in the school. He's... Okay. Percy, the twins, and and Ron and the, the the girl, they're they're in the first book. They're like young, and then you have ones that are like out of the book, kind of like they just right. mentioned right. Charlie, who's like with dragons, and I guess he and um, Bill, who's with um, Gringotts, and Bill, who's with Gringotts, as a curse worker. So now, who is older, Bill? So, or the, so to read the question aloud for, for the audience mm -hmm. again. Um, Arthur and Molly Weasley had seven children. What was the name of their second born child? So it's either Bill or Charlie, which I think you might. Right, right. 100%. Yes, th that's where his logic is, is okay. led him to. Okay. And Bill did what? He was a uh, curse breaker. Curse breaker. Okay. And Charlie. Curse breaker and Charlie and studying dragons. I want to say, I guess I'm going to go with Charlie. Bill, for Bill to have a job where he's curse breaking, that seems like he's, that seems like an older person's type of job. Like you you can't, uh, versus studying dragons, kind of like dragons a don't seem like the older person job. <laughs> well, let, me, let, me, let me give you a well, listen. I'm thinking, I'm thinking I'm that it's like a college course. Uh, okay. I'm not, not, I'm not an expert on this. So, okay. uh, but okay. here's my thought, Mike. Just, just to as as the career coach, what, do you, yeah. what would you say? Yeah, you I think, coach him. Well, I'm not okay. So my my thought is that the idea of fighting dragons that's been around forever. That's the older person. Okay. Someone, you know, the earlier in the earlier part of the world, you probably didn't people who were capable of breaking curses. They were mm -hmm. just curses. They just went on. So to, for someone to be an accomplished curse breaker, there had to be enough knowledge about how curses worked for someone to be able to have the skill to become a curse breaker. That feels like a later career. Hmm. Now, wow. So now I, I mean, that's kind of like what I was saying. Uh, th th that makes sense to me. Now, at the same time, let me be clear. I didn't read the book. So, so I'm, a, yeah. I'm winging it. But but that, that's that's my gut. No, that's not a that's not an answer. That's my gut. Win or lose, I do have a bonus question for y'all in this episode. Okay, cool. So, yeah. um, so I think we both agree then, Alan. So, the curse breaker. Wait, the cur curse breaker. You think is the second oldest? I do. Because I think when um, if Charlie was the dragon fighter, the the, the profession of curse breaker didn't exist yet. 
I see. Okay. I see what I see what you're saying. Um <clears throat> all right, so final answer at the same time though, Mike. I didn't I didn't read the book, so I don't know why the hell you look like this. <laughs> all right, no. so basically you're putting it all on me. I'm like yeah. you, you can't right, so read you know, like, uh, okay. So, so for all, for the audience's sake, um, we have the what is, I'm gonna re- reread the question here. Um, Molly and Arthur had seven children. They had Percy, Bill, Charlie, Fred, and George, Ron, and Guinea. I don't, I, I don't like saying her name, Guinea. I, it's a Guinea, Guinea. It's always weird. Yeah, it's it sounds like a weird name for me. But um, but yeah. So they had seven children. What was the name of the second-born child? Uh, that would would be Bill. Okay, final answer. Final answer. All right. Always trust your first gut. It was Charlie. Oh! Always trust your first gut. It was Charlie. Oh, okay. So close to Hall of Fame status. Bro. Yeah, Charlie. So, Dang. so Charlie is the second-born. Charlie it does go off to to do dragons and such like that, but like he comes back into uh, back into the story around book four um, mm-hmm. during the Tribe Wizard tournament because the dra- he brings the dragons back um, for Harry to actually like fight against or compete against in that yeah. tournament. He has to go get the egg from the dragon, but um, he also makes a very small appearance in, in the first book because like. Ha- Harry is um Harry's friend Ron White writes to Charlie and says like Hagrid has a- Hagrid has like an illegal dragon. We need your you and your friends to come pick him up. Oh, that's right. That's yes. right. He's I think he's also in the is he in, in the third book also with the um that bird or something like that. No. Um I I think the I think he Bill was the one who was mentioned in, in um the third book because the Weasleys went win a vacation to go see Bill in um in Egypt and because they go win a, because they like win the prize to go like win the vacation it's in the paper and that paper leads Sirius Black to seeing that the that his long 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 hated ri- rival slash friend the one he was framed for murdering mm-hmm. is actually on Ron Weasley's shoulder. And that was that's what leads Sirius Black to escape. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. So like, uh, funny enough, like almost almost every single like every single book has like a key um, Weasley moment that leads to like a grander, larger story that happens in like the main quest of the story. Like almost all of them have that moment to where like yeah they they play such a pivotal part in like the foundation of the the entire story yeah it's incredible it's incredible yeah it's, it's really not quite great game like of it. thrones but like it is yeah. like cool how all the, it's interwoven like that yeah yeah i i love uh i love the books harry potter's really really good but four oh, or five man, ain't bad so close yeah, four about that, five yeah. ain't bad at all yeah. let me Sometimes Break you it. think too much. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I like you popped up with the name Charlie. I was like, oh, he's about to nail this one. He's about to nail this one. But yeah. here is my question for y'all both. And this is an Allen-centric question because like we you are a basketball nut. So I'm gonna ask you some NBA trivia here. And this right. is rapid, um, this is rapid fire. Sure. Here we go. Um, who's the all-time leader and assist in the NBA history? John Stockton. 
Ooh, absolutely nailed that one. Who's the all-time leader in three-point three-pointers made in NBA history? Uh, Steph Curry. Yes, Steph Wardell Curry. Yeah. What was the name of Stephen Curry's dad? Dale Curry. Dale Curry is absolutely correct. Who is the all-time leader in three points made three-pointers made in a single game? Don't know single game. I'm gonna guess Buddy Heald. Oh, that's a very good one. Buddy Heald is three, I believe, as of this recording. The all-time leader right now is Clay Thompson with 14 three-pointers. Wow. 14. Yeah, that's like when he went off and like like did yeah. the whole, like in like 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's yeah. when he went off. Was like crazy. Yeah, that was, yeah. That's incredible, man. Yeah. All right. Which team has the most championships? Which franchise has the most championships? Well, We're only counting... I know it's either the I'm sorry, we're only counting what? The NBA championships. This is not counting like before before the NBA Association. Okay. Well, yeah, that wouldn't be. Um it's either the Celtics or the Lakers. I'm gonna say the Celtics. You would absolutely be correct here. Um Lakers have a chance to tie it, I think, this year. Uh, I think yeah, they have I a decent squad. Yeah. yeah. They have a decent squad there. Um, all right. In the 2021 finals, there was a person who never won MVP at the NBA finals, but managed to get their MVP. Who was the MVP of the 2021 NBA finals? 2021? Mm-hmm. Hmm, okay. So that was, was that in the bubble? Mm, year after the bubble, I believe. Year, year after, after bubble, because 2020 was the bubble. Okay. Okay, so I wasn't. So was that the year the Warriors won, and was that Steph? That was before Steph Curry, actually. Oh, okay. That was before Steph Curry's MVP okay. run. Oh, okay. Um, now I gotta remember who won the year before Steph. Yeah, that was uh, before that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so now I gotta think of who that was. Um. You want to hand on this one? Sure. Um, this team played against the Suns that, that year in the finals. Oh, okay. So it would have been um, the Bucks won that year. Yeah. Oh, so then I have to be on to Copa. Yep, the Greek freak himself. Yeah. All right, and your last question. Here we go in the in basketball rapid fire. Here, um, oof, this is a this is actually a tough one here. All right. How many, how many timeouts can a team use per game? I think it's eight. Ooh, one off, seven. Seven timeouts. Okay. I seven thought it was four time- per half. I, I think it's um I think it's four per half until the final two minutes where they lose the timeout. Oh, that's right. That's why. Yeah, okay. I think I think that's the the rule the rule case scenario. But everyone, it's been it's been fun. Before we go though, I do have uh, two last questions, and that question is, Mike, where can the good people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter talking about the uh, gaming stuff. Um, tune underscore medic, and um, and yeah. That's basically it. Uh, and I'm podcast. I'm I'm on Sebastian's podcast a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so you can find me on uh, single player podcast. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs>
<laughs> for sure, for sure. Alan, where can people find you? Uh, you know, they, I've uh, now, you know, I'm the persona of Career Skyway. And, uh, you know, we have our Career Skyway pages on Facebook, Instagram, Reddit. So all those places. And on LinkedIn is Alan Silverberg as well. Okay, okay. So uh, my final question before we go is, what is a weird thing that you actually enjoy eating that you don't think most people would agree with you with? I want to start with you, Michael. Oh, wow. I thought you were going straight to Alan. Uh, no, no, so no. Wait. So, uh, what is weird... one thing you, you kind of enjoy eating that you don't think most people vibe with? Hmm. Or maybe I a do... mix of things, you know? I like... like, I like, um, so in, in New York City, uh, especially in the Bronx, you can get like fr these fruit stands and these corners and they sell mangoes, chopped up mangoes. And how you can get it um, from the Latin community is mangoes with hot sauce and a little bit of like salt or whatever. Is it like tahini? Huh? Is it like tahini? Uh, yeah, ba basically. Mm -hmm. So um, my wife's not into it. Um, I, I I like it a lot. I like the sweet and, and spicy, you know, the, like the the mixes and the taste buds. Um, so yeah, I would say mango with some hot sauce. My wife loves manganadas. Loves manganadas, man. Like, um, absolutely loves those. Alan, I want to I want to pivot to you. What is a food that or a food combo that you think most people will probably would vibe with that you really enjoy? Um, I wouldn't say I really enjoyed it, but I had a couple years with a friend where we had some ongoing food challenges. What? Yeah, that's a cool thing. Um, it started over like something stupid, like I, I dare you to eat this piece of shrimp with a, uh, a walnut, you know, a cashew. You know, like, no big deal. But it escalated to, um, his name is Lee, and I would, uh, I, I served him once all foods that began with the letter L. You know, including uh, Limburger cheese, uh, lima beans, lasagna, and we had to eat it all together. The goal was, if you put it out there as a challenge, you had to eat it as well. Oh, that's rough. He gave me a, you know, I had to eat pig's feet with a uh, fruitcake. Oh. That was, I'm not sure I vibed on that or enjoy it, but you give me, you know, any weird foods together, I'll do it. You're going to try it, huh? Oh, You're I'll a trooper. Try. Yeah, you know, I, I, let me let me give you a quick story how I won the challenge. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, my mother-in-law, who I love dearly, um, at the time this friend was my brother-in-law since the divorce. Um, my sister-in-law. Um, we were going to dinner at at my at our in-laws' house, and she was serving this lavish meal as a holiday, and she put out dozens of foods, and she's an awful cook. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. if something's supposed to be hard, like crispy, it was soft. If it's soft, it's supposed to be crispy, and all of it was bland. <laughs> awful cook. So the food challenge that day was, um, whatever she served, whatever our mother-in-law served, we had to eat oh. <laughs> every single thing. <laughs> and the whole day we went through it. Huh? I'm going to have some of this pudding. Oh, I'll have it too. You know, <laughs> I'm going to have this piece of chicken. Oh, I'll have it too. And, and she was lapping it up. She goes, wow, you guys are really enjoying my food. <laughs> to this day, she doesn't know what happened. And as it turned out, at the end of the evening, um, we put out dessert, including these like pieces of like, like fake fruit candies. Well, hmm. I had one because 
It was put out there. I had to eat it. Lee did not. His wife prompted him twice and said, would you like this? No. <laughs> My wife prompted him. You sure you don't want this? No, I'm good. Mm-hmm. We leave the house. I said, I won. What are you talking about? I said, I won. And so I would have eaten it. I know you would have. I had one before we got here. That wasn't Doesn't count. That didn't count. <laughs> that's how I was. That is amazing. That yeah, is amazing. Fun. Before we go, though, we, we do like to give recommendations on this show. So, Alan, I want you to marinate a little bit and think about, like, uh, the, like either a movie or a TV show recommendation that you'd like to give to the audience. And you, Michael, you have the assignment of giving everyone a video game recommendation that can't be Starfield because we, we already talked about that in the previous episode. Um, so. That's easy. Um, uh, a little game called Zelda Tears of the King. Oh, this is that the indie game that people played that, for a little that, bit. That indie game by a yeah. small company called Nintendo. I heard it was called Nintendo. Yeah, Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. they've been around a few years. Yeah, just a couple. Uh, I, uh, I it came out, um, and when it when it first came out, like I enjoy, I started playing it. I enjoyed it, but this year's just so many games are coming out, and they kind of like I fell off, and uh, I you know it was hard to get back on. Um, and then I've, I've been playing a lot of Starfield lately, and. You know, if you play one game for too long, you kind of get like, you know, a little bit burnt out. A little burnt out from so you you need a, like a palate cleanser. And uh, so I decided to start up uh, Tears of the Kingdom and just hope for the best. Hope that I could kind of get back into it. And boy, did I! My goodness, it is so hard to put it down now. It's it's so it's such a relaxing game. Um, it's incredible uh, how like um just relax you feel just how comfortable um and it's just such a perfect game it's it feels great like the movement and it's such a great talent cleanser from whatever game you're playing um and i no doubt game of the year uh a contender contender um i could i could i honestly i could see it winning I could see it winning because of it's a 50 50 50 50 like ball game between the two beasts. I I haven't I haven't been lucky to play both this game yet. I'm waiting for it to come out on Xbox. Um uh, and so so for me all I have is Tears of the Kingdom. And right now I could see that winning um even over Starfield. Just because uh (laughs) I feel like Starfield is more I call it a generational game because I feel like that's that game is just gonna be with us. It's gonna linger with us for years to come. The way they're gonna uh, put more content into it and mods and stuff like that. And um, there's just so many parts of the game that we, you know, I haven't even touched, like like buildings and and uh, and stuff like that, exploring, you know, just things like that. I can't wait to get your feedback on Starfield after you play Phantom Liberty, like. Yeah, I, I need I need to do that. I haven't uh, I haven't done that, but yes, I, I need to do that. I'll, t- I think I'll that try to do it next week. I think that compare and contrast thing is really going to be like whoa, like because uh, like uh, on the real, like I see like Starfield being Starfield kind of like being not necessarily like Cyberpunk at launch because I think it's a lot less buggier than Cyberpunk, mm-hmm. but I think it's kind of that tale of the same like trajectory to where like I think right now 
I could see Cyberpunk being a game of the year contender right now, like mm-hmm. in in 2023, especially with Phantom Liberty, like that 2.0 expansion, like changes the way that I see that game. That's almost like rock star rock star masterpiece level now but like the i i think it's going to be so curious to see like what the two two to three year trajectory of starfield is going to look like after people get done modding it and like the fps improvements all the above you know yeah yeah i'm definitely looking uh looking forward to playing it because i did i did complete cyberpunk when it first came out uh Mm -hmm. the base game so i hear a lot of great things about the new addition to it uh the 2.0 and how much different it is. I'm hoping because uh, I, I enjoyed the original. Um, I didn't have any that many bugs bugs and stuff like that. So I yeah. enjoyed the original. Um, but right now, like Starfield's like the way the quest goes and mm-hmm. the story behind it, the side quests and stuff like that. I'm just having so much fun with it. But yeah, I, I'll try to give it a, a good chance uh, next week and hopefully we get to talk about it for sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Alan, I want to pivot to you. You've been given an assignment, a TV show or a movie you you think people should check out. What do you think? Let me mention two. A TV show that's current that I, that I really enjoy is The Boys. I think it's just a, amazing. Oh my goodness, are you watching this? Go! Oh yeah, it's great. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh, the and, boys. And beyond the action, I mean, like the way it just speaks of the corruption of uh, you know, how how business is so corrupt. It's just great, you know. And, oh and, my. And how ridiculous we all are to you know how that works. It's just, just wonderful. Love oh my god. Uh, have you and have you watched that Gen Gen V? Have you watched Gen V? That? Have you, I you watched seen? Yeah. Oh my goodness. I watched uh, I've I'm caught up. I I watched um all four episodes so far of Gen V and cool. mowed it down. Cool. It is it's good. If you like the boys writing, Gen V is kind of like tit for tat that yeah, except yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. it is a bit more teenager in, in different places. So yeah. but yeah, but it I definitely think has that commentary on like society and oh yeah, and just like the the kind of like almost evil nature that, that that's out there and stuff like that is really really good and the shock value you know like the boys have that mo- those moments to those where moments. like yeah. oh yeah like yeah. the gen v gen v has that too but like i it doesn't i will say gen v doesn't have that um a train moment like at the very beginning of um at the very beginning of the boys because like that was the moment like i still resonate with and go back to like, mm-hmm. like i was just like oh this is that type of show i can't believe yeah. they actually did this well i'm like a train 10 minutes into the first episode like creates a moment that you don't forget right. and mm-hmm. we haven't quite had that in gym v yet but it is very good i love 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 what i'm seeing the boys is historically great at this point yeah now I'm going to also mention a movie that I'm confident that neither of you have heard of. What? And most people haven't heard of. Um, and it's my favorite movie of all time. Came out in the mid-1960s, titled A Thousand Clowns. Um, Jason Robards was the star, Barbara Harris, I think they were both up for Oscars. Um, it was originally a play. And it's about this nonconformist who finds himself raising his nephew because his nephew was basically left on his doorstep from his, by his sister. Um, and based upon something his nephew did, child welfare comes in and there's a threat to take the nephew out of the house. And he has to decide of how much am I willing to conform with society or not to be able to raise this, this child. And it's comedy, but you know, it's obviously there's some, uh, um, you know, there's a, a level of family drama behind that too. It's, it's a, it really just speaks to um, you know, the the challenge of how much conformity are you willing to do? It's a wonderful movie. 
You are absolutely right. I, I had never heard of that movie what's before. Called, wait, what's it called? A Thousand Clowns. A Thousand Clowns came out in 1965. It well, is, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, a middle-aged um dodgily avoiding the tedium of employment and conventional life, faces That's the prospect of losing custody over his young ward. Starring, like you said, Justin Roberts, um, Barbara Harris, um, Martin Baslam, and Gene Sachs. Um, so a really good cast here. Really good cast. Okay. I, you know, I've never even heard this movie. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. Well, there you go. Something, something new to watch. That's great. Great One, recommendation. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Won an Oscar. Um, four, uh, won an Oscar. Four wins and seven nominations total. So yeah, really solid film. The good recommendation here. I'll have to check this one out. Everyone, this has been the Single Player Experience, the premier podcast for single player gamers to find out good single player games to play and, you know, learn about some games that you should definitely have in your wish list and radar are some up and coming games that you should definitely check out. I want to thank you all so much for listening to this episode. Your audio, your views and, and feedback always make me like it, it makes my day. It, it really does. So thank you so much for listening. I've been Sebastian, that's been Michael, the Godfather Santiago, and this has been our very special guest. Always welcome on the show. Would love to have you back anytime. This is Adam Sy... Give me one second. I'm going to nail this. I'm going to nail this. It's not Seal. It's not Seal. Cyberberg. It's Cyberberg, right? Silverberg. Silverberg. God! Sounds all I need. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Ah! No, man. I was... I thought it was going to happen. All right, so, Alan... <laughs> I've been uh, uh, he's been Alan I've been Sebastian that's been Michael thank you so much for listening until next time enjoy that silver single player experience and we're out bye everyone So that is a wrap for this episode of the Single Player Experience. I want to give a special shout out and thank you to Alan and Michael for being on the show today. I also want to let you know about the Single Player Experience Discord server. It's the perfect place for single player gamers to talk about the good single player games they've been playing lately and to get video game recommendations. Think of it kind of like a book club for single player gamers. The link to join will be in the description. Once you're in, feel free to share your video game backlog list, talk about the good games you've been playing, or give your feedback on the show. If you have a game that you think should be recommended or that you think I should talk about, let me know in the Single Player Experience Discord server. I'll see you there. Before we go, I just want to thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Stay safe, stay gaming, and I hope to catch you in the next one. Peace!